AJ Green is alive. Let's go. What is up guys, it's Alex Johnson here, the founder and lead analyst at YardsperFantasy.com and senior writer at Player Profiler. Welcome to the 21st episode of the Feed Me Fantasy Podcast. Let's eat. Before we start today's show, I want to tell you about Thrive Fantasy. If you haven't heard of Thrive Fantasy, it's a daily fantasy sports app for player props. I've been checking it out and it's a lot of fun and I've already won some cash. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you for the top tier athletes in a respective sport. They have props for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Depending on the sport, select 5 or 10 prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. And here's the best part. Use promo code YARDSPER, that's all one word, YARDSPER, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download the Thrive Fantasy app or visit their website at thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Let's get right into it. These are some of the top lower-priced, high-upside plays for Week 8. We'll start with the guy who was written off just weeks ago. But A.J. Green is not dead yet. It's been a weird start to the season for the veteran who missed all of last year. He commanded target shares of over 20% and was seeing a lot of air yards in each of the first two weeks. But from weeks 3 through 5, Green had a target rate of just 10.7% with a low of 3.5% in week 5. He struggled to find a connection with rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, seeing a catchable target rate of just 65.5%, which ranked number 98 among all wide receivers. But things are looking up after two encouraging weeks. Green has seen a target share of 28.2% and 27.7% over the last two games. After totaling only 14 catches for 119 yards over the first five, Green has 15 receptions for 178 yards in the last two. That includes seven receptions on 13 targets for 82 yards in week seven. Green has seen a 92% snap share, averaged 39 routes, 12 targets, and 16.4 fantasy points per game over that span. He has also averaged 135 air yards per game over the last two, adding to his league lead in unrealized air yards. He's number 10 in targets and number 4 in deep targets for the season. The Bengals are second in the league in pass attempts per game, so the opportunities should continue. It's only a matter of time before we see a classic green blow-up spot. He's just 4,500 on DraftKings in a matchup with the Titans, who have allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Brandon Ayuk is coming off his best career game with 115 yards on six receptions and seven targets in last Sunday's win over the New England Patriots. He led the Niners in targets and receptions and is in line for more work in Week 8 with Debo Samuel out with a hamstring injury. 
Ayuk has operated as San Francisco's wide receiver one all season, so this won't be anything new for the rookie first rounder. Ayuk has a route participation of 97.5% and is number 18 in red zone targets. He has displayed impressive ability as a runner on jet sweeps and in yards after catch where he ranks number 24 among all wideouts. He gets a dream matchup in week 8 against a Seattle team that has been historically bad against the pass and has surrendered the most fantasy points to wide receivers. The Niners are 2.5 point underdogs and this game has the highest point total over under of the week. Ayuk is in a great spot for another 100 yard outing with a good shot at a score. Fire him up at a very reasonable 5,800 on DraftKings. We talked about Marcus Valdez-Scantling in week one before he went off for 96 yards and a touchdown and a top 12 wide receiver finish. That game came against the Vikings who the Packers will host for another round in week eight. Since week one though, the fantasy points have been hard to come by. However, there's reason to believe Valdez-Scantling can put up another big outing. Despite not recording reception in Week 7, MVS played by far the second most snaps among all Packers wide receivers and was targeted four times against the Texans. He's number 6 in deep targets, number 14 in air yards, and number 16 with a yards per reception average of 16.1. His 35.6% share of the team's air yards ranks in the top 10, while his 18 yards of average target distance is number 2. Valdez Scantling has a has 437 speed, so we know he can take the top off a of defense for a big score like he did against the Vikings in the opener. With a total points over under over 50, we want some pieces in this matchup. Valdez Scantling allows us to get there without breaking the budget, and he makes a Packers stack very doable. At 3800, it's worth taking a shot on MVS in a few lineups and hopes everything comes together for a boom week. Denzel Mims was a favorite of mine coming out of Baylor with a dominant college profile, alpha wide receiver one size, and the athleticism to match. While a hamstring injury kept him sidelined for the first six weeks of the season, Mims impressed in his NFL debut last Sunday against the Bills. He saw seven targets with a 30.4% target share, converting four of them for 42 yards. It was enough to lead the team in receiving yards and tied Braxton Berrios for the lead in both targets and receptions. The team's top two receivers, Brashard Perriman and Jamison Crowder, are likely to miss Week 8, so Mims will be operating as the wide receiver one against the Chiefs. Mims will be peppered with targets in garbage time, as the Jets are a massive underdogs in this one. With 4-3-8 speed, he is capable of beating a defense for a big play, a key trait in a good tournament play. This pick could easily go south, but at 3,200, it would be a mistake to not get Mims into some Week 8 lineups. Guys, we're going to keep rolling out Joe Burrow. He's tops in pass attempts and brings rushing upside. He's coming off his best game to date with nearly 40 DraftKings points against Cleveland last week when he threw for 406 yards and 3 touchdowns on 47 pass attempts and added 34 yards and a score on six rushes. He's so good, man. And somehow, somehow, still outside the top 10 on the main slate this week. Keep putting them out there until they get the pricing right. Jermichael Hasty carried nine times for 57 yards and converted his one target into 16 yards in last Sunday's win over the Patriots. 
Hasty looked explosive in relief of starter Jeff Wilson, who was in for the injured Raheem Mostert, which was really no surprise considering his 87th percentile burst score on playerprofiler.com. Wilson left the game with an ankle injury and won't be back for Week 8, and Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman are on injured reserve. Jarek McKinnon has been weirdly relegated to bench warmer in recent weeks, so it looks like this is going to be Hasty's backfield on Week 8. We've seen enough of Hasty and the Niners running games to know he can be productive with his opportunity. He's just 5,000 on DraftKings. Can someone please tell me how the fuck John New Smith is tight end 13 on DraftKings main slate this week? Like, come on. Okay, I know he's coming off a dud week and left early with an injury the week prior, but he had 13 receptions, 181 yards, and three touchdowns in the three games before that. He's priced behind Jared Cook, Tyler fucking Higby, Robert Tunyon, Jimmy Graham, Noah Fant, and Mike Gusecki. Come on. Well, that's going to be a wrap for today, though. If you're not already, please follow me on Twitter at A underscore Johnson FF and the site at Yards Per. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, please be sure to rate and review. It really helps me out a lot and is much appreciated. Good luck in all your contests and matchups this week. Thanks, guys. Cue that music. Thank you.